0: Erotic as Power Press presents Lola Davina, reading from the audiobook Thriving in Sex Work, Heartfelt Advice for Staying Sane in the Sex Industry, a Self-Help Book for Sex Workers.
1: Sadness, Depression, and Suicidal Thoughts. Sadness, feelings of stuckness, and wrestling with existential angst are a part of life, but they can make putting on the sexy a whole lot harder. Whether or not sex workers are more prone to emotional downswings than the general public, I can't say, but because of the stigma and danger we face, I believe many of us tend to associate any depression we do experience with our work. Sex workers I've known tend to manage sadness one of two ways. They paper it over with addictive behaviors, or they resign themselves to it. Either way, the result is, they live with depression like they deserve it. What I want for you, sexy reader, is something different. I want you to view depressive episodes as part of the human condition, endurable and temporary, just like tax season, head colds, and Super Bowl Sunday. Now, let me be clear. If you're feeling hopeless because you hate your job, then you need to take steps to get out of the biz. But if you occasionally get down, same as everyone else alive, self-care is the key to loving your life again. The Blues Not wanting to bathe or go to the gym or feeling gross in our work clothes are signs our bodies are depressed. Listen when that happens. Somatic depressive episodes are opportunities to treat ourselves with extra kindness. Consciously experiencing sadness as a sex worker can be scary. Too often we ignore the warning signs out of fear that if we take a break from sex work, it'll stretch into a permanent vacation. What happens if I'm depressed forever? I'll never work again. But punishing ourselves and pushing through the resistance is a recipe for burnout. How do you treat yourself when those sad, bad days roll around? Do you stop dead in your tracks, call in sick, and retreat? Do you force yourself through the day pretending nothing is wrong? Do you reach out to those who love you most? Do you use it as an excellent opportunity to be sweet to yourself? Do you beat yourself up and call yourself horrible names? Do you cruise Instagram for hours stalking other people's seemingly perfect, happy lives? I've learned over the years that the very best medicine for sadness is curiosity. Sorrow always comes with something it wants to say. Is your life changing in some way that you haven't acknowledged? Or is some part of you going unfed? Do you miss someone or some part of yourself? Change is inevitable, and so is the sadness that comes with it. We need time to get to know and understand it. Once we do, wanting to look good, connect, dance, fuck, and all those other lively drives return. Here's the thing. If you're afraid that deep down some part of you hates your job, you owe it to yourself to find out. Probably that's not the case at all. If most days you feel fine at work, I'm guessing you truly are fine. Seriously, the vast majority of us are lousy at lying to ourselves. Now, maybe you need to take some time off or make a few changes, but don't ignore your melancholy because you're too afraid to learn what's at the root of it. You owe it to yourself to listen to what your sad spells are trying to say. As for the issue of sex drive, there is no right amount of sexual desire. Certainly, there's a perception that in order to do sex work, especially porn or prostitution, you either have to be hypersexed or altogether dead inside. Neither is true. It is absolutely fine not to want sex in your private life, it is absolutely fine to want sex outside of work. It's absolutely fine for your sex drive to wax and wane. What matters is you feel healthy, connected, and alive in your body. Sometimes we don't feel actively sad, but it's like we've hit a wall. Who hasn't had those days feeling stuck, lazy, wanting to check out? Then self-hatred comes rushing in because we should be doing laundry, going to the gym, and saving the world when all we really want to do is play Candy Crush. The best attitude towards heavy, unmotivated stuckness is patience. Recognize that depression slows our bodies and minds down, and sometimes that's precisely what we need to be doing. Take a deep breath. And say, I have no energy for saving the world today. All I'm good for is sitting here feeling like crap. Tomorrow, I'm going to wake up in the morning with plenty of energy, ready and rested. Depression. When sadness settles into stay, depression has come to visit, erasing any memory of anything good. Our bodies are the experiential seat of grief, hopelessness, and depletion. Our minds make up stories to give those somatic symptoms meaning. It can be so hard to do the right things for ourselves when every muscle in our body aches, but we have to take action to get through it. Body-based techniques have helped me through depression, including good diet and exercise, dancing and other forms of expressive movement, and the release of traumatic memories. I'm also a fan of lifting weights. Studies show weight training can be as effective as antidepressants. If you're looking for a book on the mind-body connection, I recommend Unstuck, Your Seven-Stage Journey Out of Depression by Dr. James S. Gordon. Unstuck presents a seven-step, body-based program for alleviating depression somatically. Of course, the mind needs attention as well. I've gotten relief over the years with talk therapy, cognitive therapy, mindful meditation, journaling, and practicing positive mental feedback loops. Don't go without the support you deserve. I list resources to find low- and no-cost mental health care professionals on my website. Finally, if you've been struggling for more than a few weeks, you might consider antidepressants. Sometimes we need a pharmaceutical cushion against anxiety, despair, and intrusive negative thoughts. Sometimes we need an assist to reset our brain chemistry. Talk to your doctor or a mental health professional about getting back to feeling good again. Suicidal Thoughts I wasn't sure if I should even tackle this subject. After all. I have no professional training, but the whole point of this book is to talk about difficult emotions, as best I'm able, and, regrettably, suicidal thoughts are something many of us in this line of work struggle with. So, with full disclosure that I'm doing nothing more than offering amateur advice, I'm wading in. Feel free to skip this section if you're not ready for it right now. If you're thinking about ending your life, stay with me. Don't go anywhere. Be with me, right here and now. Your life is so, so precious. I've never known anyone who hasn't at some time wanted the pain to go away. For each and every one of us, there are days when it's a struggle just to stay here. It can be especially easy as sex workers to fall into a black hole, believing we are worthless, we mean nothing, nobody loves us, and life itself doesn't care if we live or die. I can tell you right now, as powerful as that feeling may be, it is not true. I know this because everything had to go right for you to be alive. Thousands of people stretching back into the distant past had to meet, mate, and survive through winter, war, famine, and illness, all so you could be born and live to this day. If anything had gone differently... If some great-great-great-great-grandparent had tripped in front of a mad yak, you never would have happened. So, life does want you here, most definitely. It made sure of it. The best book I've ever read on suicidal thoughts is Andrew Solomon's The Noonday Demon. It's a huge book, an encyclopedia of sadness, and I recommend it for anyone struggling with clinical depression. He studied what keeps people from ending their lives. We'd like to think that it's love or family or connection, all that stuff in the movies, but so often it's not. People who have come back from the brink report that what keeps them here are things like privacy, not wanting the neighbors to gossip about them after they're dead, or pride, not wanting to give the lover who jilted them the satisfaction, or the unwillingness to say goodbye to life's little pleasures like a favorite meal, So often, it's the littlest things. I have my own story, which I'll share in the hope that someone finds it useful. When I was 34 years old, I was in graduate school and escorting, but became suicidal after a client broke my heart. I couldn't process the levels of shame and despair I felt having fallen for a married man. All I could obsess over was the fact that I was that dumb whore. As I mentioned before, I kept a loaded gun in my apartment. I remember sitting on my bed and thinking, I could just end it all here, right now. I came very close. I had everything I needed. Motive, method, opportunity. Turns out I had a seminar that afternoon with a guest speaker I'd been looking forward to. I thought to myself, Well, I'll go to class, and then if I still feel like it, I'll do it after I get home. So I went to class. Honestly? I can't remember a thing about that lecture. It's not like I heard something earth-shattering. My situation hadn't changed, and my heart was still deeply broken. But I stepped outside into the sunshine. I rode the train. My classmates gave me hugs and asked how I was doing. It allowed me to forget my problems for a few hours. It wasn't much, but it was enough. Intellectual curiosity kept me going that day. If you're feeling terrible right now, Let's get you what you need to get through this awful moment to the other side, where you can remember all the reasons why you love your beautiful life. Please reach out for help. Talk to your friends, the ones who are there for you when things get really tough. Don't isolate. Don't feel this way alone. Your despair is not a burden to others. Call the 24-hour National Suicide Prevention Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. If you want to speak to someone fluent in trans issues, call the Trans Lifeline, 877-565-8860. You'll be talking with someone who got out of bed this morning in order to help you, someone who wants to listen. Wherever you are, whatever the cause of your pain, your life has tremendous value, and you are not alone. You can find additional crisis hotlines and free and low-cost mental health resources on my website. Get outside and breathe fresh air. Eat some tasty food. Listen to soulful music. Sit in the park and wait for a friendly dog to come by. (laughs) They're always so happy to see you. You ever notice that even when dogs have only two teeth and one eye and three legs, they never hate themselves? No matter what. They always believe they deserve a nice ear scratch, a treat, and a few kind words. And they are absolutely right. You do, too. As hopeless as I felt on that terrible day, I'm so glad I stuck around to find out how the rest of my life turned out. Who knows what marvelous things lie ahead for you? What love, what connection, what adventures? What will you do with your tremendous gifts? Promise me you'll find out.
0: Tasking our minds with pulling ourselves out of despair ignores the body's deep aquatic logic. When our bodies and hearts are tender, our intention must be gentle. Gentle, like a mother soothing a heartbroken child. Sadness always comes with a message, and we must sit still long enough to hear what it has to say. Depression is a natural part of life a function of having a body and a mind, but it is not an inevitable state of constant being. There are times when each of us stares into the pit and wonders whether to jump. Remember, there is always enough love for us, always some good we can do for others, always a reason for us to be here. You've been listening to an excerpt from Thriving in Sex Work, heartfelt advice for staying sane in the sex industry. Available in paperback, ebook, and now as an unabridged audiobook. Learn more at LolaDevina.com. You can follow Lola on Twitter and Facebook. For Lola Divina, I'm Felicia Gotthelf. Until next time, be sweet to yourself.